Welcome back to Via the Source, where you can get news about the entire NFL and, of course, the Miami Dolphins. Fins up. Here's Steven, your host. What's up, guys? Today's date is September 14th. I'm Steven Masso. As always, you're listening to Via the Source. Now, before I get started with today's episode, it is my mother's birthday, and I'm certain that she's listening to this, so I want to wish her a happy birthday. You know, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for her. So, love you, Mom, and I hope you're enjoying your day. Now, for today's episode, we're going to be going over the game between the New England Patriots and the Miami Dolphins. The episode following this the next day is going to be discussing the games from around the NFL with some more details about this game between the Dolphins and the Patriots. So, that's going to be in tomorrow's episode. This one is going to be my takeaways and a quick little recap of the game between the Dolphins and the New England Patriots. So to get right into it, this one was a pretty tough watch. It really, uh, in some ways, was reminiscent of last season. There were parts where the Dolphins looked lifeless. Uh, you know, something I say a lot on the podcast is that the game was closer than the score suggests. But in this case, the Patriots won 21-11, to and it was not closer than the score suggests. It was actually a lot uglier than the score would make it look like. So before we dive into the individual stats, if we look here at the team stats, the total Total yards for the Patriots was 357. The Miami Dolphins had 269. The Patriots uh, outdid the Dolphins with a 5.7 yards per play, whereas the Dolphins had 4.6. The Dolphins had 182 passing yards compared to the Patriots' 140. Rushing, though, was a completely different story. The New England Patriots had 217 yards on the ground, whereas the Dolphins only had 87. Now, when it comes to the main head line from this game it was very clearly Cam Newton and I want to say that it is mind-blowing to me that the media was able to create this narrative that Cam Newton was not deserving of being a starter in the NFL when you look at some of the guys that are starting for teams right now it is mind-blowing that Cam Newton who is basically you know a Derrick Henry sized quarterback, former MVP with a cannon, and the media somehow created this narrative that he could not be a starter no longer in the league. And I know what you're going to say about his injury issues and his production declining, but this is still a very talented player, and he went out and he showed that in this game. And frankly, I think teams around the league are going to regret basically allowing the Patriots to have Cam Newton for free because that was a complete bargain for them. And I think there's going to be a ton of teams that are jealous of this acquisition. Now to take a look at what Cam Newton was able to do throwing, he was 15 for 19, a very efficient game for him. Not a lot was required of him in terms of throwing the ball. He had 155 yards passing on the ground though. The guy looked amazing. 15 carries, 75 yards and two touchdowns on the ground. It really did look a lot like the Cam Newton from his MVP season. He was running the ball with ease. He was dominating. He was not shying away from contact. It was just you know, the elite level cam that we used to know before these prior years where he was declining in a way. Now, before in my preview episode, I had said that Cam Newton transitioning to taking over this role that was so integral uh, with Tom Brady in this system that I wasn't sure that he would be able to do it. And frankly, he did it seamlessly and he was able to play his own style. It really looked like he was uh, doing whatever worked best for him and he wasn't changing or trying to adapt to 
a system that he wasn't used to. He was just playing his own style, and it was coming along very organically and fluidly, and I think that was very impressive uh, from him. Now, to go look at it from the opposite side, from the Dolphins' defense, it looked like they were very unprepared for Cam Newton to come out as mobile as he was. It almost looks like they were expecting him to be uh, shying away from contact or uh, kind of weary of his past injury issues and not playing the same or maybe taking on a different role with this Patriot system that required him to be more of a pocket passer. And then when he came in here, he did the opposite. He was running all over. He was doing these option plays and the Dolphins looked completely unprepared and his ability to be mobile kind of affected the entire Dolphins defense in all facets of the game. The Patriots were able to run the ball up the gut because they had to constantly be checking for Cam Newton. The Dolphins had linebackers that were working underneath acting as spies on Cam Newton or trying to guess on a run which led to some very easy opportunities and uh down the center of the field for the Patriots to complete these easy passes and all of that was just because of Cam Newton's mobility and what kind of confusion he instilled in the Dolphins defense and that kind of defined that whole side of the ball for the Patriots. If we look at the rest of the Patriots running back, Sony Michelle had 37 yards on 10 carries and a touchdown. Rex Burkhead had 32 yards. J.J. Taylor had 28. Julian Edelman had a carry for 23 yards and James White had 20. But then from the passing side, he didn't have to do too much. Julian Edelman was the Patriots' leading receiver with 57 yards. Uh, Nikhil Harry had 39, James White had 30, uh, Izzo had 25, and J.J. Taylor had 4. And that's it. That totals to 155. So that really goes to show that they didn't have to do too much in the passing game in order to succeed offensively in this game. And again, to go back to the Dolphins' defense, it really looked like they struggled in all aspects of stopping the run. Uh, the linebackers in particular, it seemed like they were getting hit in the second level constantly. Uh, Landon Roberts looked like he was poorly positioned several times and just biting on these option plays, which led to Rex Burkhead kicking it out and burning him, or it led to Cam Newton going outside and burning him as well. So uh, it was really tough for the linebackers. It seemed like the front seven were getting dominated constantly, and the only time that the Dolphins were really able to stop this run was when they completely loaded the box or when they had like seven or eight guys on the line of scrimmage. That was the only time that they really had success when it came to stopping the run. Now, when it came to the passing game, I know a lot of people are going to be uh, asking, well, how did Byron Jones do? How did Xavier Howard do? Well, their receivers weren't the guys who were beating him. It was Julian Edelman for much of the time. And the person that was on him in a lot of the plays where he was getting these yards was Jamal Perry, formerly Jamal Wiltz. And uh, that matchup wasn't working out at all. He was constantly getting burned. The Dolphins should have done something to address it. I said this in the preview episode that Julian Edelman is really the only solidified legitimate receiver on that team. If you shut it down, you have a good chance at stopping the entire pass game. And yet they had one of their biggest weaknesses, one of their weakest links on that defense. They had him constantly lined up. Eventually they had Brandon Jones on him, the rookie who ended up playing a ton of this game and they had more success with that. 
that, but ultimately their dedication to having Jamal Perry on Julian Edelman really hurt them in the passing game, as well as some of the linebackers in coverage. Like I mentioned earlier, they were constantly keeping an eye on Cam Newton, which just led to some easy completions over the center of the field. Now, despite it overall being a disappointing performance from the Dolphins defense, there were some bright spots. And of those, it was Jerome Baker who had 16 total tackles, 13 of those were solo. He had a sack and he also caused this fumble on Nikhil Harry uh, near the goal line, which ended up going out and resulting in a touchback for the Dolphins. So that was a huge play. That really put the Dolphins in a position to compete at that point in the game. Brandon Jones, the rookie from UT, as I mentioned, he had a huge game, 10 total tackles, seven solo. Christian Wilkins had himself a nice day where he had a sack and six tackles in this game. So there were some bright spots in it. There was just a lot of confusion. It looked like from a scheme standpoint, they just were not ready for Cam Newton. And it really made it hard to evaluate on a talent level what these guys were capable of doing just because they looked so unprepared. Now to switch over to the offensive side of the ball, the main headline here is that Ryan Fitzpatrick had a disappointing day. And he did, don't get me wrong. He finished the day 20 for 30, 191 yards. He had zero touchdowns and he threw three interceptions. But it is important to note before we go into uh, what he was doing in this game, that his receivers were not getting any sort of separation in this game. On top of that, Devontae Parker went down, his injury, his hamstring injury uh, flared up and he ended up returning to the sidelines and not coming back into the game. The Dolphins were already dealing with uh, a weak group of receivers and on top of that, Malcolm Perry was inactive. The receivers could not get any sort of separation and there were some instances of them making some pretty big mistakes that showed up on Ryan Fitzpatrick's stat line. And the first of those that I will talk about is that Preston Williams tripped when he was coming out of his route and it led to a very very easy interception for Stephon Gilmore. On the uh, last interception of the game, there was a very clear and obvious uh, defensive pass interference that was missed on Mike Gesicki. That resulted in the last interception that basically sealed the game. And then the second interception, though, that was completely on Ryan Fitzpatrick. I still have no idea what he saw. There was a linebacker directly underneath where he threw, and he just snuck up and took it out of the air. It didn't look like an open receiver to begin with, and I have no idea what he saw in that play. Overall, a disappointing day for Ryan Fitzpatrick. I'm sure there's already going to be people uh, begging for the Dolphins to put Tua in. And frankly, while I still think it may be a little bit too early, there were points in that game where I was thinking, hey, Brian Flores might just be bold enough to put Tua in and say this is enough. But at the end of the day, that did not happen. And uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick ended up finishing the day for the Dolphins. Now, the offensive line here, this was a topic that was uh, heavily debated on Twitter and on other social media about how the performance should be looked at. And I will say, in a vacuum, if you're not paying attention to where these guys are at in their career or, you know, who was the ones playing it, their performance was, you know, average, maybe slightly below average. But then if you take into consideration, which I think is the proper way to look at it, who these guys are, you have a rookie in Austin Jackson, you have Eric Flower who is, uh, you know, still getting used to his new position and kind of having a resurgence new team first game with him. Same thing with Ted Karras. And then you have another rookie in Solomon Kinley. And if you take that into consideration, then I think you have to say, hey, this was a pretty darn good performance because 
you have two rookies there, guys who are going to be clear targets for Bill Belichick, one of the best defensive coaches in the game. Somebody who, whether it's on the offensive side of the ball, if he sees a lineman, he will send everybody at him to expose him. If he sees a guy on the opposite side on defense, if there's a corner who's a liability, he will constantly be testing him. So you have to think that was going to happen, and these guys held it up pretty well and didn't really look like they were getting burned too bad. There were instances where it looked like it was either miscommunication or just a general confusion that led to some guys getting in there in the backfield. But in terms of pass protection, they didn't really give up too much. I mean, Ryan Fitzpatrick had one sack and some people are saying that it was more so on him, which, you know, I agree with. So even then, I think the offensive line did a pretty average job, but considering it was their first time out there, I'm willing to say it was pretty good. And that should be looked at as a definite bright spot that they had a bunch of new players, a bunch of young rookies come out here and against one of the toughest defenses, against historically one of the better defensive coaches, if not the greatest, they came out here and they held their ground. And I'll give them an applause for that. Now, the rushing game here, very interesting because we heard all off season, it was going to be a tandem. It was going to be Jordan Howard. It was going to be Matt Breida. Uh, Miles Gaskin and Patrick Laird were kind of on the back burner. People forgot about them a little bit. But the lead rusher in this game ended up being Miles Gaskin in terms of the lead rusher for the Dolphins. He had nine carries for 40 yards. He also had 26 yards receiving on four catches. And he looked terrific out there. The guy was bouncing around. He looked explosive. If he found a gap, he was hitting it hard. I really like what I saw from Miles Gaskin in this game. On the opposite side, though, Jordan Howard, eight carries for seven yards. He had that touchdown near the goal line, but he was really struggling to get things going, and that was kind of always one of my biggest knocks on Jordan Howard. Even when he was putting up those huge stat lines, I was really disappointed with his speed. I never really saw him as somebody who could accelerate that much, and that really always left a lot to be desired from me and then in this game we saw even more of that Jordan Howard just did not look explosive at all in this game and I think that leads in part to it being really predictable what's going to happen when he is on the field just because he is not that versatile of a player whereas Miles Gaskin he can work in all facets of the running game he can be a good pass catching running back as well and I do think the Dolphins could end up utilizing him more and more as the season goes on it really did open my eyes. What did shock me here though is Matt Breida and his usage not being as much. I really expected Matt Breida to be the one who was used more like Miles Gaskin in terms of being the third down back, in terms of you know catching it out of the backfield, but that wasn't the case. Breida ended up finishing the day five carries, 22 yards, and no catches. So again, very surprising. Let me know what you guys think. Do you think Miles Gaskin could be a legitimate lead back for this team? Do you think the Dolphins are going to turn back to Jordan Howard and this was just a one-day thing? Let me know what you guys think in the comments. Now, to go over the receivers real quick, as I mentioned before, couldn't get any sort of separation. Devontae Parker was having himself a pretty decent day. He had four catches for 47 yards before exiting the game with that hamstring injury. Preston Williams, two catches for 41 yards. Uh, Mike Kosicki had three catches for 30. Miles Gaskin had the 26 yards. Jakeem Grant had 25 yards on three catches. And I will say, one of his catches, he took a pretty big hit. And I believe it was from one of the McCourty brothers. And then he bounced off and kept going. I really like that from Jakeem Grant. But just overall, a very disappointing game from the receivers in terms of their ability to create separation. It was completely non-existent 
in this game. So guys, a quick little summary and my takeaways. The Dolphins were completely unprepared for the mobility of Cam Newton, and that really defined the whole game. The defense had no answer for it. It created a whole bunch of other opportunities in the running game, in the passing game. It was all defined by what Cam Newton brought to the table, and the Dolphins did not look ready. I expected them to be rusty. I think we all did, um, but even then, this was a little bit of a letdown just how rusty and sloppy the game was. From the offensive side of the ball for the Dolphins, uh, the lack of weapons really showed how bad it could be, especially when you take into account that injuries happen, they're inevitable, you have to have some sort of depth. When Devontae Parker went down, the offense was completely shut down, non-existent, nothing was happening. So that goes to show the Dolphins may need to add another weapon here. Malcolm Perry, I expect him to be active in some of the future games. Uh, Lynn Bowden Jr. as well, they brought him in here and they traded for him for a reason, but there needs to be some sort of dynamic weapon utilized in this offense that could add a spark because frankly, it was week one and it's too early for the Dolphins to be looking that lifeless on the offensive side of the ball. And then from the running game, Miles Gaskin took over the lead back role, at least in this game. Is it going to be a permanent thing? Who really knows? But he did look like the better of the three running backs in this outing, and I'm not against it. I think roll with the hot hand, uh, and if he can turn into something, then good. If he can't, you have two other pretty decent running backs, maybe three in Patrick Laird as well. Very interesting. So guys, let me know what you think. As always, you can leave a comment. If you want to follow me on Twitter, you can. That is at via the source. If you want to follow my personal Twitter, that is at Shady Steven. If you could check out my YouTube channel, that is at via the source where you can subscribe there. It would mean a lot if you guys could do that as well as uh, leave a review on the Apple Podcast app. It is a tremendous help. But guys, that is how I'm going to wrap it up. Until next time, I'm Steven Masso and this was Via the Source.